How many's already been blessed during worship, just entering our hearts into the Lord, and just that good word about about the tithe and about expansion. So let's just thank Him today. Father, we thank You today for Your goodness and Your mercies renewed every morning. Father, we thank You today that You'll never leave us or forsake us. And Father, we thank You today that our, our future is brighter than our past. That the expansion of what You have for us in the Spirit is kingdom. And Father, we thank You today we're part of Your kingdom in a broken and bruised world. And Father, we thank you we're here to live out through your kingdom, propel your kingdom, walk out through your kingdom and represent you, Lord Jesus, as ambassadors in the earth. So Father, I thank you today for the community, the communion we have one with another. I thank you, Father God, for the connection that we have. I thank you for our eyes to see and ears to hear. And we give you praise today, Lord, that what you've started in us, you're going to finish in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, find somebody to say hello to again as you're seated. Praise God. Amen. And uh, we're going to continue on in uh, series. We're going to be ending up the series real soon here at Bullseye and stepping into some new things, have some great things uh, going on in, um, in November, but we appreciate your faithfulness and your participation and so forth. Uh, today we're going to be talking about bullseye. It's going to be related to our position and place in the earth, authority we have, and also with voting according to God's word. Um, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I'm not here to, to point out names for you to vote for. I'm not here representing a party. I'm here representing God's principles. Sometimes we vote parties and sacrifice God's principles. And the truth is there's not a party that can solve all of our problems. God's word, his principle, can solve our problems. So today, I want you to turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 9 with me today, and I want, I want us to look at concerning the upcoming election in 14 days. Um, House of Representatives, everybody's running for that. We have, uh, at the federal level, we have, we have elections at the state level, we have community elections. We have councils, we have sheriff's races, we have all kinds of stuff. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I'm here to help you understand, according to the kingdom of God, how to vote correctly. How to vote correctly. And understand that principle. Understand that principle that God has given us and that authority to stand according to the word of God. Now, for some of us who have been taught, raised, that church and government have to be completely separated I want to debunk that myth today because of some scripture and also a statement by Thomas Jefferson taken out of context. There has been a huge divide between government and the church. I want to speak to you today that government came out of the church. Government came out of the church. When those people seeking religious freedoms and graces from the king of England, came across the waters in those boats, they came to establish a nation that could worship their God in freedom and in liberty. And in doing that, that became right off the bat, became a part of what they did and stood for. And then out of that came government. And government is vastly needed for a society to succeed. 
And government is for the people and by the people. For the people and by the people to represent our wishes, our desires, our needs according to, hopefully, the Word of God, the Kingdom of God. People, we're in this earth, but we're not of it. And we're in this kingdom of God that's joy, righteousness, full of the Holy Ghost. We're in this kingdom of light in a very dark place. And God wants His church to take her place in this world. And part of her taking her place is the people, men and women, God has appointed to serve in government. To serve in government. Once upon a time, government wasn't a profession, it was a calling. And the people would leave their farms, their trades, their stores, their businesses, and they would travel to, whether it was a state venture, or whether it was a federal venture, and they would stay a month, maybe two, and they would create law, they would adjust things, they would pray, they would seek God's face, then they go back home to their businesses, their farms, and their families. And somewhere in the last 240 years, it's become a profession. It's become what people do all the time, and probably that's not what God intended. So I want to encourage you this morning, as we look at Scripture and we pray for the people that God has put in front of us, I want you to know that our Senate, federally, is made up of 100 people, men and women, two per state. Our House of Representatives federally is made up of 435 people, men and women, according to districts and divisions and populaces of states. So that's 535 people in our Congress federally. Now that breaks down. We have different numbers in our states and so forth. And I want you and I to become aware today more of our position, our bullseye stewardship according to the church's place in government. So, let's look at what it says in Isaiah chapter chapter 6, um, excuse me, chapter 9, verse 6. This is speaking of Jesus prophetically before He came. This was a long time, hundreds of years before He came. And look what it says. Chapter 6 says, For a child will be born unto us, a son will be given unto us, speaking of the children of Israel and to the world, and the government will rest on His shoulders, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end, verse 7, to the increase of His government or of His peace. No end. That's what Frank was talking about this morning. Knowledge and obedience in God's Word brings expansion, brings opportunity. It brings increase in our life. And on the throne of David and over all of His kingdom to establish it, and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Now when Jesus comes back to rule and reign on a thousand years on this earth, the Bible talks about the government He's going to set up. I don't know exactly what all that means. There's a lot of discussion on what it's going to look like, if it's going to look like somewhat like us. I don't know, but I do know it's going to be run well. It's going to be run rightly. There's countries that have governments, but they're run by tyrants. They're run by dictators. They're run by evil people who always want to take advantage of the broken and the poor. 
You say, well, that's described our country at different times in its existence. To some degree, probably so. But for you and I to understand that this nation was founded upon godly principles, how many say amen? amen? For a nation to be raised up that's less than, whatever, 250 years old has become the most powerful nation upon the earth at different times and incidents in the history of man. God is the only one who could have made that happen and created that opportunity. And God did that. And he, he didn't have a confusion. So Jesus comes spiritually to take on the government of spiritual rights and wrongs. And when he died and rose it on the third day from Calvary, that government began to be established because he's our king. Everybody say King Jesus. Amen. Now we live in the Western world and we don't understand kings and we don't understand kingdoms. But if he's our king, that means we're servants unto him, right? Amen. And we submit and commit our lives unto him. That includes everything we have, spiritually, emotionally, financially. Everything we have, we submit unto our king. But the truth is, most of us in the western part of the world doesn't understand kingship. He is our king. We are a republic based on the freedoms that has paid for this republic that operates through a democracy which means that every one of us has a vote or a say in who we want to represent us in our local governments, in our state governments, and in our federal governments. Let me say it to, to you plainer. If you don't vote, you forsake your say. Let me say it even clearer. If you don't vote, don't complain. And if you're not willing to take a stand, our, listen, we have basically three to four positions to stand on. Number one, our, our first order of standing is standing in the arena of prayer. We are to pray. I'm going to read some scriptures just in a minute to you. We are to pray for all of those in authority over us. All of That means everybody from the White House to whoever's the local dog catcher. And I'm not meaning that punfully. We're to pray for people in authority. We're to pray for them according to Scripture. Well, what if I don't like them or what they do? It doesn't say, it doesn't say a word about whether we like them. It says to pray for them, that they operate in godly understanding and godly wisdom. So our first position is prayer. And we know with prayer all things are made possible because prayer releases belief, confession of God's Word. Our second position is authority. in Christ. And as a U.S. citizen, two different things. In Christ and as a U.S. citizen. Again, Frank said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. There's so much we don't know. There's so much that we can gain by having a hunger for God's Word, His presence and understanding so we can hit the bullseye of why we're here upon this earth. So first is prayer. Second is understanding our authority in Christ. Basically, Jesus died, arose on the third day, sent the Holy Ghost to come and empower us, and gave us keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom in His name authority. We have to learn how to take our place in our position. The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, right? Amen. How many here is born again this morning? The Bible teaches we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. So as far as God sees you and I, He sees you seated with full authority, full armor, full ability to overcome any situation that comes in your life. That's how Father God sees you. He sees you through the eyes of Jesus Christ 
and he, he has a direction for your life and my life to be. So we see that Jesus, that the, the government's been placed on his shoulders. Now, I firmly believe, according to Scripture, when Jesus comes back and reigns on this earth for a thousand years, and you and I will be there as Christians with him, because this is not our first time here, that'll be our second time on the earth. We're going to reign with him, according to Scripture, a thousand years plus on the earth. Then there'll be a new Jerusalem and a lot of other things. You know, it just adds to that. But you're going to live for. Turn your neighbor right now and say, you're going to live forever. Now turn your other neighbor and say, you might want to change that color to look better in blue or something. I don't care. I'm just kidding. All right. And it says this is going to increase. This is going to increase the expansion of his living and his government is going to increase. And uh, we're going to look at some different things here. So. Uh, I want you to turn to um, Deuteronomy with me right now. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 16. Chapter 16. We want to live in peace. We want to see God. How many want your children and your grandchildren to enjoy some of the freedoms and liberties you have? How many want your children and grandchildren to be able to go to school where they desire to go to school, be able to start a business? Do you know in some countries today you couldn't start a business if you had the means, if you had the vision, and if you had the gung-ho? You couldn't start a business because they won't allow you to do it. God set this thing up to run on freedoms and liberties and capitalisms and so forth and so on. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18. Here's some qualifications of who we should put into office as Christians, as kingdom people. Let me just stop here before I read this. Let me say this out loud so you, you and I can get this. Does that mean, Pastor Pat, we vote for anyone who says they're Christian? Does that mean just if they, if they sign in they're Christian, we automatically vote for them? Absolutely not. There are some people who claim they're Christians, but their lifestyle doesn't line up a teetotally bit. And they hide behind the cross to try to get the Christian vote. But there's just a few of them. But most of the Christians who claim to be Christians, men and women, and they attempt to live the lifestyle of a Christian, we're not perfect, we make mistakes. But they're in there because they believe God has put them there, and they believe they're representing God first and their constituents second. So I just want to encourage you with that. That's why we need to, we need to really analyze what's going on. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18 through 20. Listen to what it says. Deuteronomy 16, 18. For you, God is speaking to the children of Israel. This is his gathering of how this is going to happen because God the Father knows God the Son is going to be a while before he sets up the government of heaven and the earth. We're a republic that works through a democracy. Democracy works through a vote and a say, and that's why we have different levels and so forth and so on. You, you learned that, should have learned that in grade school and high school and middle school. We should learn that. So you, you, you and me shall appoint for yourself judges and officers in all your towns. You and me appoint through a vote. Look at that. We appoint, you shall appoint yourself judges and officers in all your towns, which the Lord your God is giving you. Again, we're talking about expansion. How many believes we, God's called us to reach a lot of people? Amen? How many believes according to vision He's called us to plant churches in small towns and areas like we have today and will continue to do? And it says, according to your tribes, there were 12 of the Hebrew nation, um, we just have different groups. And they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not distort judgment or justice. You shall not be partial. You shall not take a bribe. 
For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. Look what that is. A bribe. Now, how many here, watch this, how many here, when you hear the word politician, you kind of go, ugh. And that's not the way God intended it. How many here, when you hear the word politician, first thing you think of, crooked, money on the table, cutting deals, contracts, this, that, and the other. And that's not the way God intended that to happen. Because he intended this republic to operate through and by him and operate through a democracy which included a vote for all those, whatever our voting age is, and to be able to vote a say according to kingdom principles. We have people here that are running for office. We have people that have ran for office. We have people been in office. We have people in this place called office. I'm going to tell you something. That call is just as important as a doctor, a lawyer, a farmer, pharmacist a school bus driver, a preacher. It's just as important of a call if God called you to step in a political place. Because remember, we're, we're propelling the kingdom. We're taking the kingdom of God into this earth. And we're expanding the kingdom with information and inspiration of God's word. It says, justice and only justice you shall pursue. Everybody say justice. That sounds like God's word. And it says that you may live and possess the land which the Lord God is giving you. Let me ask you this this morning here. How many has got some more living to do in this life? How many has got more dreams on the inside of you? How many has got things you want to accomplish and conquer? How many wants to see your kids, your grandkids, your spiritual kids, your brothers and sisters? How many wants to see people take lands that God has paid a price for? How many wants to see the blood of men and women that was not sacrificed in vain for the freedom of this nation, that their blood will not cry out, why did we die, but see that we finished well in this nation? That a revival comes from coast to coast, water to water, that the, the fire of God, the love of God, the power of God is driving out. Listen, the only thing's going to cure the drug ec- ec- epidemic, the only thing's going to cure these things that are just gouging our society is a move of God. Amen. That's it. But it has to be, there has to be an element of the, the natural process of governing that God is allowing us to use at this point. So, I want to talk just a little bit here about what it looks like for you and I and how things should measure up. Again, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I'm going to help you biblically, you and me, figure out who we need to vote for. Okay? And first of all, I want to talk about the vote being a bullseye on kingdom voting and what God would call that. And and again, remind you, we're not talking about a particular party, but godly principles. Godly, everybody say godly. godly. Everybody say principles. principles. And they don't change. They don't change. Number one, and I believe these are according to importance, but I could be a little off, but stay with me. Number one, in every candidate that we look at, I think we need to go straight to the Bible and do what it says and pray and begin to analyze and gather information on what they believe and what they've done and what they do. So number one, I believe the number one thing we should look at as Americans is right to life and get rid of abortion forever. 
I believe we should examine where they stand and whatever party they stand with or independently and see what their stance is on abortion. And if you're here today, and if I'm here today, and any of us have been involved in an abortion, I just want to tell you and me, God forgives. God forgives. God forgets. God forgets and God heals. But let me say this to you and to me. If Abel's blood cried out against his brother, and God heard his blood from the ground, and he spoke to his brother, I hear your brother's blood crying. Where's he at? We have 60 million crying. Now, that's not to shame or beat you down. I'm just telling you, some of the very things we need on the earth, we aborted. Medical answers, inventions, uh, witty ideas, people taking places of leadership and education, the mountain of business, the mountains of entertainment, all down the road. Those children came preloaded with answers that we need. Answers we need right now. But that's okay. God's forgiven us. And if we as a nation will take this advantage to turn Roe versus Wade back around and take back our nation, I'm telling you the outpouring of creativity will flow on this earth like a river out of its banks. Why are you so excited? I'm 64 years old. I'm beginning to see the big picture. That's why I'm excited. I'm thinking about your kids and your grandkids and our grandkids to come. And I'm thinking about people I know. And I'm just thinking about how the opportunity, how we can turn this thing around by electing godly people who will vote kingdom principles Amen. and live it. And live it. So number one, I think it's right to life. I think it's the sanctity of life for those newborn children. I think it's re releasing them to an opportunity to have their place. Bullseye number one would be right to life. Bullseye number two, God's family protection of what marriage is, a man and a woman. Now, this does not give us a, 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 a degree or a sign to hate people. Listen, guys, this hating people. Hate, hate sin. Don't hate people. Don't, don't do that. Love people. Love us. I mean, we all got stuff, we've all got sin, we've all messed up, but if we love people through the situation and show them an outlet and a door of escape by the cause of Christ, most and many will go through that. Bullseye number two is voting for people who will protect the sanctity of the biblical marriage of a Judeo-Christian who break marriage, a man and a woman, and God told them and helped people understand that same-sex marriage cannot produce anything but confusion discontentment, and pain. And not, not to be crude or not to be sad, but growing up on the farm, if you want to have a crop of calves, you, you, you'll put the bulls together and separate the cows. Amen? Not being crude, just saying, hey, this is the way God said it. Be fruitful, be, multi be multiplying, be fruitful, have abundance, and have dominion. We will never have the dominion in this nation that God wants us to have in kingdom principles till we get back to some basic truths and principles of God. So number two, the bullseye is God's family protection, a man and woman. Number three, religious liberties. That means that we can choose to vote for people who have Judeo-Christian values, one God, one Son, one Holy Spirit. Let me say this to you with all respect. I'm not talking about Allah. 
And if you, you know, we can quote coexist, but the problem with coexisting is you blend in and nobody knows where you are anymore. I think we should operate in peace and love, absolutely. I think people are attracted to Jesus of all places, but listen, listen, there comes a time when you got to know where you stand. And you got to know what you believe in. And you got to know what belongs to you. So listen, I guess, guys, we can break it down like this. We want people to find God. We want people to find God and get to know our Lord and Savior. Amen. We want to know Him better. Amen. We want to know God. Number two, not only find God, but find freedom. Get our mind renewed with the Word of God. Change the way we think. Change the way we talk. Change the way we act. A lot of us as Christians, we found God. We're on our way to heaven, but we haven't found freedom. Because we don't, we don't want to pay the price of renewing our mind and, and dealing with the tough stuff. And what happens is we do life and we go along and when life gets real tiresome and real hard and so forth, we'll sometimes geographically try to move ourselves to another location thinking it's all going to go away, but we just carry this stuff in our soul. And when we get there, we got the same soul. It might feel a little better for a while and you might eat a little better and get some ices and so forth, but you look up and sun goes down you got the same stuff in your head. Same pains, same confusion, same addictions, same hurts. Until we renew our mind with the Word of God and find freedom, we're never able to step into number three, finding our purpose in the earth, our purpose in Christ. What we're put on this earth to do and to be as a Christian, propelling the kingdom of God forward. Some of us are raised in older denominational churches, but there's some of those old hymns we need to redig up and bring back like, like onward Christian soldiers. Marching as to war with the cross of Jesus. I'm telling you, this thing's a war. How many say amen? The devil's a liar. He's defeated. He's cunning. He's crafty. But he's after our future. He's after our children. He's after our grandchildren. He's after our nation. We've done sacrifice 60 million babies. I say we put a stop to it. Does anybody here agree with me? You understand that that thing is not a fetus. It's a baby. You understand at 20 weeks it feels pain. Do you understand at 12 days old the heart starts beating? It is not a fetus. It is a baby. And not to be crude. But just 10 days ago they found a steel container on the west coast with 17,000 fetuses in it. Babies. They put them in as fetuses. When they found out about it, it blowed that whole part of California up. Babies. God forgives, right? I say it's time for revival, amen? Everybody agree with that? And it's got to be beyond just somebody preaching and getting you stirred up. We have, to, we have to vote through the polling booths. We have to declare through the booths of who people and what they believe for and what's freedom. Religious liberty. Choose to vote God's Judeo-Christian values one God, one Son, one Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God. And also, the freedoms of worship. For other people, this country was founded on the freedoms of worship, where you could come and worship freely. Maybe not the God we know that it's true, but as long as you're civil and you don't cause a problem, it's okay. This nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. This nation was founded on Jehovah Jireh. Amen. 
This nation was founded on the auspice of the Holy Ghost who empower us, guide us, lead us, counsel us, convict us, and love us and show us the way. Amen. And outside of that, there are other ways, but there's no the way. Amen. The way. Jesus said there's many trying to climb up by many ladders and try to go through many doors, but I am the only way and I am the door to the Father. Number four, rights for equality for a man and a woman. I don't know if you've kind of gained ground to this, guys, but I want to tell you something. The last 15 to 20 years, God's promoting women in the body of Christ. Women have stood behind. Women have kept churches running, kept it going. Women have done so many things but never had an equal platform to men to be able to speak and so forth and to share. And uh, the Bible's full of example. We have a couple scriptures that sometimes is bent out of context about a woman in place in ministry, but again, I say bent. And, but God's passed all that because if you look around the world today, many of the godly leaders in religion forum are women. But they're women who have husbands as a whole who understand their gift and calling and love them and support them. I'm telling you, God, God's doing something in America. And it's all over the country. I just know different places, different things happening. And, and God's just moving in a revival form to help us understand. And God's rights for equality is a man knows his place, a woman knows their place. And listen, when, when people know their places, they act, talk, and dress accordingly. They ever get that? They understand the power of love and respect and authority and submission and grace. And, and, and the, then, then they come together and there's a God kingdom principle where they be fruitful and multiply and they have babies. I just love seeing babies born. How many loves babies? And I love seeing people being born baby Christians. I love babies. Babies mean we have a future. Babies mean we have a job. Babies mean we, we have need for things, you know, like pampers and baby food and everything. Amen. And patience. Sanctity of life, sanctity of marriage, sanctity of religious freedom, sanctity for rights, for equality for a man and a woman. And then as we vote, we vote with our rights and obligations as a Christian first. Okay, how would God want me to vote? Well, see, here's the key. Jesus was here 33 years in the flesh. But Jesus left. And Jesus doesn't have a vote in the flesh anymore. We're His vote in the flesh. If I don't take Jesus' place and vote for Him as a man, if Jesus was here, He kept all the law, He, he said, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's, render unto God what's God. That tells me if Jesus was here in the flesh right now, He would be registered and He would vote as a man. I'm going to help. I'm going to take a place. And I'm asking you to take a place. Rights as a Christian. Rights as a citizen of the United States of America. How many loves this nation? How many knows she's got issues? How many loves this nation? Talk, talk to Lily and Alberto about coming here and finding a, a great life. Talk to people who made the price and came and did it the right way and come to America. The two greatest nations on this earth is still Israel and America. And I want to tell you something, the devil's trying to destroy both of them. And he's gathering up peoples and groups to come against them. But guys, we have a chance through prayer, through the position of authority, and through standing on God's Word and putting right people in right places 
to make turns because we're already making turns. Rights as a Christian, rights as a Christian, excuse me, a citizen of America. Right to vote your heart. Right to vote your heart and your conscience. Right and an obligation to represent, number one, God. I'm standing here today representing my Heavenly Father. Number two, I'm representing my wife and my, our two grown children. Number three, I'm representing my neighbors and congregation. Sometimes we need to think when we vote about our neighbors how it's going to affect our neighbors. Mr. Rogers was a born-again Presbyterian minister. And he established peace and grace. How many knows there's a new movie coming about Mr. Rogers? Tom Hanks is playing the lead. Mr. Rogers said, my call to God was to let those kids know you can live a godly life and a peaceful life. And number four is our nation. Voting for the future of our nation. So with that, I say this. Three helpful guidelines for the Christian vote. Number one, vote for the man or woman who will seek to further the kingdom of God. Vote for the man or woman who will seek to further the kingdom of God, God's will on the earth. Jesus said he directed his followers to pray for God's will to be done on earth. How many want to see God's will done on this earth? Number two, vote for the man or woman who will work to secure religious freedom in our country. To secure religious freedom in our country. Guys, that simply means we we can put the nativity scene back in courthouses again in the lawn. We can take the Bibles freely into schools. We can do, listen, and I know some of you young ones go, Pastor Pat, I just get tired of you talking about old days. I want to tell you, some of the old was good. It wasn't all good. But when you had the Pledge of Allegiance every morning, you had prayer every morning, you had 15 minutes of Bible every morning, and you're saying, God bless America, you just didn't want to get up and go shoot nobody. <laughs> I'm just being honest. How many say amen? amen? You didn't want to shoot nobody. But now... With the push of certain gamings where you go back and get 20 extra points for a kill shot, our kids' minds are seared. They're just seared. And on the other hand, we give them a trophy for participating. No, you get a trophy for winning. You get a trophy for practicing hard. You get a trophy for sacrificing. Then we have past leaders saying, you didn't grow that business. The whole country grew your business. People are sucking air. How many say amen? amen? They've never done that. God wants to protect what He started in America. He wants revival spiritually. He wants it financially. He wants it physically. And Paul told Timothy, he said this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he said, pray for those in authority that you Christians may lead a peaceable and quiet life in all godliness And in character. Man, how many wants to live a peaceable and quiet life? And lastly, number three. Vote for the man and woman who displays godly character and values. Romans chapter 2 tells us in verse 14 and 15, the leaders who consistently and flagrantly behave in ways contrary to God's ways, they honestly show themselves rebellious sons of God. So guys, I'm not the best teacher in the world, but I, I think I made it kind of plain how we vote for people. We vote godly principles, godly character, history, and we vote who we believe will propel the kingdom of God further.
How many can say amen to that? Amen. So I want to pray. Father, I thank you today that we're learning and growing and trusting you. Father, we lift up this great nation called America. We repent of the sin. The sin, Lord. Not just the sin of those babies. Not just the sin of disgrace. But the sin of turning our back on you. The sin of thinking that reasoning's more than revelation. The sin of trusting intelligence more than the inspiration of God's Word. We, we repent of that, Lord. Your Word says we get wiser and weaker in the last days and we're right in the middle of it. We thank God for technology. We thank God for all this stuff. But God, without you, we have nothing. We said and we, we, we confer through our phones and our tablets and our computers and we have trouble sitting in a room and touching each other. We have trouble talking to each other. We have trouble listening to each other. And that's not to do away with all that stuff, God. That stuff should be added into this to help us propel the kingdom, to help us love each other, to help us help each other, to help us see that each other has all the opportunity to overcome. Lord Jesus, I thank you for allowing us to live in these days. There was times, Lord, I used to complain. I said, why couldn't I live back with gun smoke and bonanza? And you told me, said, I have you for a time as now. You were put here. We were put here for a time as now. But will we be like Esther? And take a stand and said, you know what? The people, the people they want to kill, that's my people. And king, husband, I'm going to stand up for my God. Father, I thank you for the strength and the audacity and the aggression to stand up for our God in everything we do. Not as perfect people, not as people self-righteous, but people only righteous in the blood of your son Jesus. And from that point forward, we can change our world one step at a time, one prayer at a time, and one vote at a time. In Jesus' name. Father, if there's anyone here today that is away from you. If there's anyone here today that's got sidetracked like I did for seven years. Anyone here today that has just got off balance, got off the course, and they want to return. God, you're a merciful and a gracious God, and we thank you for that today. And all we have to do is ask him. Or if you're here today and you say, Pastor Pat, I've, I've never given my life to God. I've never truly been born again. I've never been translated out of darkness into his marvelous light, but I believe today the only way to heaven, according to the word of God, is through Jesus. And I want to be saved. If that's you, I want to pray with you. And I want us all to pray together with our heads bowed. Just say out loud, say thank you Jesus, thank you, Jesus. For, taking my place for taking my place on Calvary. On Calvary. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. And according to the Word of God, I'm saved, forgiven, and on my way to heaven. Help me, Father, find freedom for my soul in your Word. Thanks, Jesus, for loving me. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for all those who prayed today. Amen. Okay. I just wanted to say that uh, last Sunday, Pastor Pat and I had the privilege of going to Cranberry um, Township, Pennsylvania, and being a part of Pastor John and Michelle Nuzzo's 25th.
church anniversary. And, you know, Pastor Pat was there from the very beginning. The very first uh, church service they had was in a movie theater. And he drove up um, and visited with them, and they fold, folded their uh, bulletins the night before. And so it was really a neat thing to see a church and, and how much God has done with, um, with the church up there. It's really, they're, they're just super close friends of ours, and it's been a wonderful journey with them the past, like, 30 years. But um, you guys were up to stuff when we were gone, and um, I just wanted to say thank you very much. We... Um, when we came into staff on Tuesday, the staff had made a basket for Pastor Pat and I, and there was a check in there, and it was a blessing for pastor appreciation. So um, give yourself a hand. I want to thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> that was such a, a cool surprise. So they made the basket like a movie night. It had two, like, little snuggly comforters in there, and I think they're they're uh, milking this um, um empty nest thing with Pastor Pat and I. So they had uh, two comforters and a couple movies and some popcorn and things like that for like, there was no chick flick in there though. I was I was a little disappointed. But there wasn't like a blow up uh, war movie either. So I think they kind of hit the, the medium. So I wanted to say thank you so much to every one of you. You're always um, have been such a generous bunch of people. And um, it was such a blessing to have that when we came back, and it was unexpected, and I want to thank you to all of you that uh, that gave towards that. Pastor Pat and I love you all, and, and thank you for it. So. Would you stand to your feet, please? Just a couple quick announcements, and I'll pray you out of here. Uh, baptism is next Sunday. So if you're a candidate for that or would like to be, sign up uh, on the Connect card and, and give that to an usher. Also, just to remind you again that November 3rd is the ARC visit. Kid Motion is, is going to visit the ARC. Sign up for that. It's also out in the foyer. If your child is under five, they will need a parent to go with them. But if you, all, if you want to help, we, we can use more adults too. Take that person's hand next to you. Let's pray. Father, we are good ground, and I thank you, Father. We thank you. That seed has been sown into us this, this morning. Father, we ask that you take that seed and cause it to grow. Designed by the word to do just that. Father, that will expand, that will increase. That the gospel will go forward. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>